Welcome to Contracting Conversations. My name is Jim Valley, and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Williams. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Steve Fasco, DAU Subject Matter Expert for Personal Services, where we will have a series of podcasts on personal services. So welcome, Steve. Oh, thanks, Jim. Scott, I appreciate you having me on your podcast to discuss personal services. Great. We're glad to have you. So before we go into the crust of this podcast, please tell us a little more about how you got into personal services. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So I worked after leaving the Department of the Army uh, back in 2009, I believe it was. Uh, I started working for the Veterans Health Administration. Uh, during my time there, I started working on personal services contracts, which was very different than what I was used to working for the Department of the Army, um, where I was mainly working on medical services, um, specialized medical resources, such as per- uh, purchasing uh, physician labor and things like that. Well, I found out very quickly that uh, there was an exception for personal services contracts when dealing with that type of, uh, you know, resources. So I had to learn about it a little bit. And then when I started working on my doctorate, I decided to dive pretty deep into the world of personal services um, and been spending about the last 13 years or so um, researching personal services and within DOD and other government agencies. Okay, great, Steve. So we're glad. That's why you're on here. We're glad to have you. We know you're an expert on personal services. So what are the topics we will cover in this series? Well, first, we're going to look at um, understanding the difference between personal services, non-personal services, and another kind of interesting uh, area of personal services, which is called de facto personal services. And these are ones that are not intentionally personal services, but end up being that based on how we are administering the contracts. Uh, then we'll talk about understanding why the government is concerned about personal services contracts, and that gets pretty interesting. Knowing how to work alongside contracted personnel, and then finally, knowing how to avoid unauthorized personal services. Great. So tell us, what are personal services? It seems contracting officers get confused between personal and non-personal services. That is my experience uh, in this realm. Well, that, that's my experience also. It took quite a while to uh, kind of cipher through all the different areas of personal services to get a real understanding of what they are. So... When I started my journey of looking at the personal services, the first place I went to, of course, was within the uh, federal regulations to kind of have an understanding of what personal services were. And what I found is that the government regulations defined personal services primarily in the terms of performance. So U.S. Code Title 10 discusses the administration of contracts requiring relatively continuous supervision. And when I went into further, I went into FAR Part 2.101, and it continues that description that the administration of these types of contracts make the contractor appear as a government employee. 
So personal services are used by the government in other industries to acquire services that require such unique skills, ability, or knowledge that the individual would not easily be replaced. So if you take those different definitions and the purpose of what personal services contracts are used for, you could basically define it as a typical, you could basically define a typical personal services contract as a type of legal agreement to acquire a specific person's unique type of service to be provided for another, which cannot be substituted with a common replacement and requires somewhat continuous supervision. So taking those definitions, that's what I've come up with as kind of the overall definition for personal services. Now, also, there's a definition for non-personal services, which is in FAR 37.101. That defines non-personal services as a contract under which the personnel rendering the service are not subject, either by contract terms or by manner of its administration, to the supervision, control, usually prevailing in relationship between the government and its employees. So that in within itself looks at personal services as something that requires government supervision, though the work that the contractor personnel is doing requires some sort of government supervision, and the person doing the work has some sort of unique skill that uh, is we're going to see as we go further into the definition cannot easily be replaced. So where we get in trouble, Steve, where we get in trouble is where the government treats a non-personal service right. as a personal service by de facto. And so what, wh- how does that work? Yeah. De facto personal services, um, Terms and conditions is administered as if it were a personal services contract. So basically, where we get in trouble, we being government acquisition, when we write our requirements, many times we're putting in language that basically, if you follow the language, is requiring government personnel to supervise the contractor in some way or another. Uh, we are very cautious when we're writing our performance work statements that we put in language saying this is not a personal services contract, blah, 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 to ensure that we're saying that this is not a personal services contract. But many times just in the language itself of how we're writing the requirements, it actually uh, spells out how government is going to supervise the contractor personnel. And this is where we've gotten in trouble many times as far as the writing of our requirements. And, um, you know, GAO has written many reports from audits they have done specifying that we have all these de facto personal services contracts out there, which are non-intentional personal services contracts. And the reason they are personal services contracts is based on how we're writing the requirements. So that goes back to the importance of ensuring that we are writing our requirements based on performance standards 
and not telling the contractor how they are to do the work. The fact that personal services contracts are not only unauthorized within the government, but they can lead to a contractor claim also. So some of the issues that lead to a claim under a non-personal services contract are changes a contract, uh, basically changing the contractor's uh, or the employee's duty hours from those specified in the contract. Again, this is based on what we're doing outside the contract and the actual performance of the work, uh, requiring the employee to report to a government employee, requiring the employee to uh, complete inherently governmental forms or maintain contractor personnel records, such as time cards, uh, granting contractor employee requests for leave, uh, or any circumstance where the appearance of an employer-employee relationship could exist. So, again, going back to how we write our requirements, we got to ensure that we're not including language that would require a contractor to, you know, have supervisory functions completed by the government in order to perform the contract. Great. Thanks, Steve. And given all that backdrop, is there anything else the government would be concerned about concerning personal services? Yeah, a lot of it kind of boils down to the money involved in service contracts. So in 2022, the DOD budget was seven point or $727.9 billion. So if you take based on traditional spending, about half, which would be $364 billion, of that 2022 budget would be used for contract obligations. And then you could further divide that in half again, which equates to about $182 billion will be spent on service contracts. So I kind of like to think about it. You know, why is the government concerned? Well, there's 182 billion reasons. So the concern uh, arises based on the fact that much of the spending is either on personal services or, as GAO has pointed out, these de facto personal services. Uh, so that leads to a major concern with how much money we're actually spending on service contracts and how many are either intentional or unintentional personal services. But the main thing is that the, the money is not the only reason the government is concerned about personal services. It goes much further into other factors such as performance. Thank you for that. Is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, basically, just that uh, the performance becomes such an issue, and I think the performance issue is probably the most intriguing part of personal services and what it's uh, the reasons why we don't want to do personal services contracts. So when I first went into personal services, I'm like, well, what's the big deal? But what does it matter if it's called the personal services or it's a de facto personal services, is it really a bad thing that government is supervising contractor employees to make sure that the job is done appropriately? So those are things that went through my mind as I dug a little further. And I think in the next episode, we can talk about those specifics. 
Great, Steve. In fact, I was going to ask you what we're going to be discussing in our next conversation in our series of podcasts with you. So what's coming up in part two? Well, part two, like I said, I think is probably the most fascinating of all the portions of uh, personal services. And the fact that the personal services issue and the reason that we do not want to get involved in personal services within the government goes all the way back to the 13th Amendment of the Constitution. And primarily based on the issues of lack of market substitutes and demanding specific performance. Hey, uh, Scott, I, I just want to add in here, Steve, you've done a lot of research articles on personal services. So what we'd like to do is make sure we put that in the description below so people can get further information, details based on your research. Sounds good. Great, Steve. Well, thank you. That's all the time we're going to have for today. But we do have uh, some more conversations with Steve coming up. Folks, if you haven't already, subscribe to our Contracting Conversations channel. Type any comments below to include your questions for future discussions. And spread the word of this channel to your peers and to those you supervise or lead. Let us help you answer their questions. And we look forward to having future Contracting Conversations with you. 